and welcome to Ghostwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Prevost, and today we're going to be going over the latest episode of The Real Housewives of Orange County, Viral Videos and Vendettas, and we're going to get into the divorce between Shannon and David and kind of see how that concluded and see where they are now with that. All right, so we get like a little tidbit of Shannon and Tamara at the Laguna Coffee Company, which I go there every single Wednesday, and today's Wednesday, and why could I not have been there the day that they were there talking about all this crazy business about Kelly throwing her mom down the stairs. Um, and I can't believe that somebody secretly recorded them there and leaked this. And there's like this weird moment in the beginning of the episode where Tamara and Shannon and Emily are all meeting somewhere in San Juan Capistrano. I think it was called Rose Canyon for a Mexican lunch. And the audio overlay on it is Kelly talking to Jolie while she's playing tennis and saying like, oh, you can play this sport at any age to Jolie. So I don't know if that was just my thing or if they just did it. Someone messed up with the editing. It was a weird voiceover on the setup scene for Tamara walking into the place. I also like how Tamara says she'll take San Juan Capistrano or that area over the ocean any day. And there are a lot of people that would. I think there are a lot of people that would like to live, don't necessarily love the beach. I actually live by the beach and I'm not, I don't necessarily love the beach either. I'd rather be in a pool. But um, I think because... Tamara just likes to project wealth. I think she would definitely want to live by the ocean. Just the way she brags and brags and brags. I think she is full of shit on that one. When Kelly is talking to her mom on FaceTime, her mom says that Tamara is saying meanful things, which is really just, did she steal that from Teresa Giudici? That definitely sounds like something that would come out of Teresa's mouth. And Kelly says claims that she did not throw her mother down the stairs, but she did in fact pick her up and then I guess gently place her outside the door of her home. So I'm wondering if this is in her old house because that old house had so many staircases. I don't know if you guys remember, there were like basically, I think five floors. So that really was what is not an ideal home for a senior citizen. And I mean, that's something I've done with my five-year-old son before. I have picked him up and I have placed him in a new location. Um, That's not really something that I think you do to senior citizens or to your parents. I think the truth is probably something in between that she uh, physically encouraged her to vacate the premises. And I wonder, is that like the last time her mom was in that home? It's pretty funny that... Kelly started tagging Jim Bellino when she was putting all this negative stuff online about Tamara. And last night I stayed up super late because I'm trying right now to get my son out of his overnight diaper and judge away. I waited way too long because I didn't want to have to do this, like set an alarm for 2 a.m. and get him out of bed to go to the bathroom business. So you know, trying to remedy the situation now and fix that. So I ended up staying up super late watching vintage episode episodes of Orange County, which they've really, they're really good. I don't know. I, I, there's, there's some seasons that just were, are just really fun to watch. So I was watching this episode. I think it's somewhere around, it was like the final episode, somewhere around season seven, I believe. And Vicky hosts this amazing party at her house. It's amazing just because of the decor and how beautiful it is. It's a winter wonderland party. And I want to say this is like the last season that Gretchen and Slater on. But anyway, in this 
particular episode, Tamara actually apologizes to Alexis and Jim Bellino, saying that she prejudged them and, uh, you know, it was unfair the things that she said about them. And she now sees that Jim is a really good person. And Jim is brought to tears by Tamara telling him all of this. And then... Alexis starts crying and they're just really feeling Tamara's apology. I mean, you don't get a Tamara apology every day. You got to really soak it in while it's there. And then Alexis grabs this scarf that Jim has around his neck and starts stabbing her eyes or tears with it. And then Jim's like, oh, Alexis, you're going to ruin a thousand dollar scarf. And then Tamara's like, oh, there you go again, being a douchebag. You have to price check your clothes. So it was a very Jim Bellino moment, but fast forward to today and Jim is still suing Shannon and Tamara. But I think, I guess Shannon is done with the loss. I guess Tamara's still in it. And then Tamara starts talking about how she's spent, I don't know if she's saying that she personally has spent over $500,000 on this lawsuit or that her and Shannon collectively have, like defending themselves. Because, okay, so here's the deal. And I think I've talked about this a few times before, but I was at the recording, the taping of Heather McDonald's podcast, The Juicy Scoop. It's called Juicy Scoop. And the guests that night were Tamara and Shannon, and they were just talking about the Bellinos a little bit, and they brought up trampoline parks. And Shannon said that she doesn't go to those places because you can people break their necks there. She didn't say that people break their necks at Jim Bellino's trampoline park. She just said people break their necks at trampoline parks. I mean, I guess you can infer from it what you will. Um... But I just took it as trampoline parks, and which is a fact. Like People are suing trampoline parks all the time. They need to have really good insurance. People get hurt there all the time. We go, we still go to them. I think they're fun. We, we, we take the risk and do it. But anyway, and I guess Tamara, I don't know what it is that Tamara said, but I think it was, I don't even know that she said anything that crazy. I think it was just like being with Shannon. They were both talking about his trampoline park. It's just, I mean, Jim is an idiot. That she's talking about, you know, that her col- her kids' college funds and her retirement fund is being compromised and because of all the money she had to spend in this lawsuit. When on the other hand, she's like spending money left, right, and center, always buying luxury items, cars, just bought this house that she's reminded us several times is behind double gates. Now, believe me, you, if she had some kind of beachfront property or in a few years, if she moved up to that, she'd be reminding us about that too. And she would not be saying that she loved living, uh, in San inland in San Juan Capistrano. So I was very confused about the weaning party. It, it made no sense to me. Also confusing. Cause I feel like one of her kids, the baby, and I'm curious how long she breastfeeds her kid, Bronwyn breastfeeds her kids until, but then she was talking about Tuvalu to her husband in the car. And I thought Bronwyn said, we're going to have the party at Tuvalu, but they didn't, they had it at her apartment. So I was completely confused about that because Tuvalu is like a little cute store downtown. If you guys come to Laguna, it's like on the main beach part. It's really just like home decor, high end beach cottage stuff. Like, you know, the, a a little bit of a higher end version. Right. Um, but I've never known them to have events there. So it, and it's there's so much shit in that store. Like I don't I I don't see how they could ever have an event without someone breaking everything, and especially not the type of event that this woman was planning on having. So I was confused about why they were there and what they were purchasing there and what it was for. Maybe I just blacked out during that part. And what in Sawdust Arts and Crafts Hell is going on with this necklace that Bronwyn's husband has? I think that he saw the attention that Luann 
got from wearing her statement necklaces and saw how she was able to monetize that and come out with her own line of statement necklaces. And he said, Hey, there's a gap in the market. There's no one out there, you know, making statement necklaces for men and men want to be in on the game too. So maybe this is, I'm going to make a prediction that maybe he's going to come out with his own line. We'll, we'll see what happens with that, but they seem to be like melted glass, like blown glass. I mean, I don't think these are cheap necklaces. And I remember one point, I think when Vicky was at Tamara's housewarming, uh, him saying something about getting it in Hawaii. So I don't know how many of these he has, but it seems like he has one for every occasion, you know, day wear, night wear, whatever you need. Um, I also started to lose respect for Bronwyn when she was thinking that these stupid tea towels at Tuvalu were so funny. They were so cheesy and just played out things like, Oh, what I like about vodka is it's clear. And what I like about water is it looks like vodka. I mean, or no, what I like about vodka is it gets you drunk. And what I like about waters it looks like vodka i mean i they were just all just so dumb i did i don't understand that whole scene okay so emily gives me just jennifer coolidge vibes all i can think about is jennifer coolidge whenever i see her and then um when the ladies head over to the wicked chamber that like sex toy store um i looked it up and it's in costa mesa so that place is about 40 minutes from coda to casa which i think who would go that far? I don't know. I always just get upset with how these ladies do not live near each other at all. And they're always having to drive so far. And it just really would make way more sense. They can get a cast that just lived, was more geographically desirable that they were all in Newport or, you know, all, all in the same area. Like when it first started, they were all in Cota de Casa. Also, does Shannon doesn't have Bluetooth in her car? That makes absolutely no sense to me. And I don't know, is that like a thing that when they're recording, they can't, the the audio doesn't come across for filming on Bluetooth in the car. So she has to hold her cell phone. Cause I feel like that's definitely illegal in California to have a cell phone that you're holding up while you're on the phone. I mean, I have a friend who got a ticket just for having his head, one head, his headphones in cause he was taking calls and he has a convertible. I know life, life is tough here. Um, also I wish surprised to see that Shannon has a business manager. And I was wondering, is that just for her frozen food business? Or is that something that is like who she books all her, you know, appearances or like BravoCon or, you know, fab fit fun promotions, like through all of that. I, it's kind of interesting because I like to see how the sausage is made. And I wonder like how many people they really have on staff working for them to like keep the machine the housewife machine churning. So I was interested. And also I really wonder what the sales are for all for these frozen meals. I mean, it's not like she's a chef and it's not like she's a nutritionist. It just seemed like a weird direction to go. And I remember when she was going to do those organic pajamas because she said like everything in your pajamas like leaks into you while you're sleeping at night. And that's like where we should be wearing the most organic clothes is, is in whatever we're sleeping in, which I thought was kind of interesting. This whole divorce was very interesting. Okay. So I looked up David Bedore's net worth and people have been saying it's 20 million forever. And I wonder what that is. Does that mean that he, his assets and his company, or is that, you know, having $20 million in the bank and being liquid 20 million, which does not seem to be the case because, um, you know, obviously being liquid and 
being worth $20 million are two totally different things. And who knows? A lot of these net worth things are just calculated based on a lot of different things online. And they're not, you know, they don't know the full scope of people's financial situations. So I guess in 2017, this is all according to court documents that I found online. So in 2017, Shannon pulled in $423,000. And then in 2019, she made 800,000. So this is a problem because if you're trying to get a large amount of spousal support and a large settlement in your divorce, you really don't want to be doubling your income. Um, in a three-year span, and it's really like not the best time to make a lot of money because the judge is going to think, hey, you don't need that much in support. So I guess in the court papers, David says that he makes $22,000 a month, but his expenses add up to $30,000 a month and that he has $11,000 in the bank, which... So when they're saying he's spending $30,000 a month, I'm curious if that is including what he sends to Shannon and the girls in addition to his new, I guess it's not his new wife, but his new girlfriend and baby and like the house that they rent in Laguna. They rent a house in Laguna. I have um, haven't, a lot of my friends have seen David at Pavilions. I swear the Pavilions is popping. I've seen Keith Morris in there. Um, apparently, David Bedore is there. You know, we have we have a few. Those are our local celebrities, I guess. So when it was all said and done, Shannon, I guess it was all settled in April of this of 2019. Shannon was awarded 1.4 million plus $10,000 a month for 10 years. So that's pretty amazing being that her girls are older. One's getting ready for college. I believe the twins are in high school. And so they're going to be out of the house and she'll still be receiving that. So the way it breaks down. Okay. So I guess when they first got separated and I remember this, she David was giving Shannon $30,000 a month. And I remember that specifically because Tamara was sitting down with her mom talking about her mom was saying how upset she would be if somebody was doing that to her son. And I'm like, uh, well maybe he shouldn't be cheating on her. Also $30,000 a month is a lot of money to most people, but it just depends like what the lifestyle that you're living is. And they were living a super expensive lifestyle. And so then I guess even Shannon thought that was a lot. And Shannon apparently talked, talked to her lawyer and the judge and they, she had it lowered to $22,500 a month. But what they've landed on now is a one-time payout of 1.4 million and then 10,000 a month. So the way the 10,000 a month breaks down is that she's receiving $7,065 a month in spousal support per month for the next 10 years. And then she's receiving 2,900 per child and she has three children. So that's how we get to the number of 10,000. I'm curious if that, um, if whether their college tuition or I don't know, I think they go to private school, their private school tuition falls into all of this. Or if he's like, if that's something separate. And I guess Dave is also responsible for paying for health insurance for all three of the girls. So, which I guess he probably just does through his company. So the way they divided the assets. So Shannon got their 2015 Escalade, which I guess they own outright. And then they have a leased BMW, 2018 BMW. So she got that. She got a lot of furniture. And then she also, you know, got to keep all whatever was in her personal bank accounts. 
Um, and then David got to keep seven cars, which I'm just curious when they were living, like, I don't know when they accumulated all these vehicles, but when they were living together, what, did they have nine cars and two people driving? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's one of those guys that collects cars, but that seems like a lot of cars. And some of the cars that he got are old. Like one of them's a 1998. And I, oh, you know what? I bet some of the cars are vehicles maybe for Bador construction, like trucks and things of that nature. Okay. He also got to keep Bador construction, obviously. And then a property that he or they, I guess at one point owned in Corona, he got to keep that. And they also got to keep some furniture. So I'm so curious because he rents a house now in Laguna with his new girlfriend. And does he like sell that furniture? Do you bring it in? I mean, I would not want to live in a house with a boyfriend and he's bringing the furniture from his ex-wife's house. Like, I don't want to like sit at night and like watch TV on a couch that you know, his ex picked out. And I think that's really strange. So when my mom, when my parents got divorced and my mom moved in with her new husband, she moved into the house that her new husband lived in with his ex-wife. I mean, follow along here. And I guess like they kept the same bed, which is crazy and so weird. But my mom bought a new mattress because she felt uncomfortable, um, sleeping on the same mattress that the ex-wife had slept on. Which I get, but I'm like, you kind of like stole her whole life and live in her house. So it's kind of funny that that's where you draw the line. To each their own, I suppose. Okay, so Shannon has a new boyfriend now. They met this past summer, and his name is John Jansen. So I guess he went through a similar situation where he went through a five-year crazy battle to end his marriage. And he had primary custody of the kids. He was like paying his ex-wife a lot, but then I guess she had to pay him as well because he had primary custody. So I guess it's kind of a cool, a good situation because this guy and Shannon can really relate and really talk about things that people that haven't been through a messy divorce with, you know, that drags on for years can't really relate to. So when Bronwyn meets up with Tamara for a drink at the bar... Like, come on, Bronwyn, why are you not confronting Tamara about throwing you under the bus and saying that you brought up all these things about Kelly and that you are, you know, throwing Kelly under the bus and talking shit about her, which you totally were not doing. You were were trying to, like, explain the situation and, you know, come with the correct information and make it better. And Tamara just has such an amazing way of when someone confronts her, she has a way of flipping the script and then making it your fault that you didn't defend her when you heard she was talking about you. And it's so clear, like, Bronwyn is scared of Tamara. Like, that she's admits it herself. She's not a very confrontational person. She doesn't love conflict. And Tamara is just so aggressive. And I think, you know, part of it is too, it's like, look, you, people want to align themselves with cast members that they think are, that have been there for a long time that don't look like, do do not seem to be going anywhere. Um, So I think that is, you know, what, what Bronwyn is doing. Okay. So Kelly, 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 why are you telling us about helping Jolie with her tampon? You talk about Vicky embarrassing you and saying things that get your daughter harassed at school, saying that you, um, you know, have run trains or have trains run on you and saying that you do cocaine and all these 
things that are destroying your daughter's life. But I think this is worse than any of that. Nobody wants to know that. That is a personal mother-daughter moment. Just like Jolie is not going to be able to trust you. I don't want Jolie to go the way of Sydney and Tamara. Okay. I mean, come on. Stop. That's just, it's too much. That's, that's personal. That is personal. Jolie doesn't, is not interested in that. One time I was at Fashion Island and I saw Jolie outside of Ulta and I, you know, when you just like kind of have that moment where you think, you know, someone because they're so familiar looking to you. And I kind of like freaked out and then I'm like, Oh my God, this is so creepy that I know what this child looks like. That was a crazy day. I just could not stop seeing like housewife. I saw David Bedore at soul cycle. Then I saw Jolie. Then I saw Shannon's girls at a sushi place. I mean, it was just all popping off at fashion Island that day. I also was just thinking too, wouldn't David, David just be obligated to give her, give Shannon like half of the 401k and half of his savings. And because it's only 1.4 million, I'm really curious. And I feel like what was the situation here? Like, were they just living a lifestyle where they were really spending so much money? Like they were spending all the money they were making. Like they really weren't living a lifestyle where they were saving a lot is what it seems like. I also really have a goal for the, for 2020. I want to get my makeup done by that girl who was doing Vicky's makeup. I, I really want to get my makeup done by a housewives makeup artist. I don't know. I just think they just work some magic and I really think that would be a fun thing to get, get one of those artists you know, for a birthday dinner or some fun event. Now, Vicky says that Steve, when there, someone bought a sex swing for the weaning party, I do not know who, but Vicky mentions to us that Steve Lodge replaces a sex swing or is better than a sex. I don't know. He says he hang from the ceiling. I, I don't get it. That's gross. Nobody wants to know that. By the way, where is Steve Lodge? There's like a report coming from BravoCon that Someone talked to Vicky and she said that her engagement to Steve Lodge is really just for a storyline or just for the show. So I don't know if that's like a, that was her last stitch effort to try to get her orange back or what. Oh, and I guess in some other forum there, Bronwyn was asked, why do you think that Vicky dislikes you so much? And Bronwyn said, oh, of course she doesn't like me. I stole her job or I stole her orange. I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, you're not wrong, Bronwyn. Um, but Vicky is just like famous for just disliking anyone that's young, any of the young hot girls that have ever come on the show. I mean, the only person that she took to immediately ever was Shannon. And I think that's because they were kind of in the same age and more of the same stage of their lives. What is Bronwyn wearing to the weaning party? It's like a metal caged up bra, like glitter bra, rhinestone bra with this shirt unbuttoned down. It just seemed, I'm not against, I'm all about having the boobs out and being sexy, but the shirt just seemed really ill-fitting. It didn't read well on camera. It just felt weird. It felt desperate. It didn't make sense. Like, it seems like she just wanted to have a sex party, which, cool, have a sex party. I'm into it, but it just, nothing about this party just made sense to me. And I really wonder if they were not filming, would we be having a weaning party? Are they sitting out producers like, all right, anyone have a birthday? Nope. No, no one has a birthday. Okay. Do we have an anniversary? No. Okay. Do we have a name changing party? Maybe we can have someone like break a bow off of a cake and we can get 20 minutes out of that. 
No, no. There, I mean, there has to be a, a, a bigger event in one of these women's lives than this. This is just really reaching. Um, the apartment that they have, I swear it's the same apartment from Dirty John. I'm sure you guys all watch that on Bravo. If you haven't, it Connie Britton stars in it. It is amazing. Gina. I really don't understand Gina's life. How has Gina never been to Miami? This is impossible. Like, People that live in New York go to Miami all the time, especially people in her and her husband's demographic of being like young couple living on Long Island. This is just weird. She hasn't been anywhere. She hasn't been to Los Angeles, which is simply 45 minutes north of us. I think that was her first time going to San Diego. I definitely was her first time going, you know, the Miraville Spa, going to Arizona. Um, it's her first time doing everything. It's really bizarre and it makes me feel like. She has led a very, very sheltered life. Uh, I wonder if she's been out of the U.S. I mean, I'm excited. I'm very excited for Gina to go to Miami. If nothing else comes from this show, at least Gina got to go to a few new places. I mean, I mean, she got to go to Palm Springs, too, and meet that doctor, which I guess is not the guy that is her boyfriend now, because I guess she brought her current boyfriend to BravoCon, and he's super tall. Um... What else do we have? Vicky is always just like freaking out and being so uptight and conservative about the stupidest things. But I'm like, Vicky, let's take a flashback to when you were in Ireland and you just completely took both of your breasts out of your shirt. And I want to say that they were not wasted drunk. Like she was more on the sober side and she showed them to Dr. Dubrow on Heather's FaceTime. I mean, I think that's a lot wilder and way more inappropriate to show your friend's husband your boobs than it is to do all the stuff that Ronwin's doing and, you know, the privacy of her own apartment with, uh, you know, other women there. And also obviously cameras for all us, for all of us to see. But, um, you know, it's one thing to go and make an appointment with Dr. Debro and do it in that type of setting. It's another thing to take your breast out of your shirt at a farm after you milk some cows. That actually... Emily was having a moment with that stripper and where was all that mojo and sexiness when she was on stage at the Palms? I mean, that was the, that performance with the stripper was 1000 times better than what she gave us on stage at the Palms when she was dancing for her geriatric in-laws. Also, isn't 12 o'clock noon when they're having this party? It just feels so weird. There's shirtless bartenders and it seems like it's daytime when everyone's getting dropped off. They are, it just seems like this is not the kind of party that you have during a day. It reminds me of Leanne's lingerie party. It's like, okay, let's all um, put on our nipple tassels at 12 noon and go to a party. I mean, how do you get into the spirit that early in the day? So anyway, that concludes this episode of Real Housewives of Orange County and all the details on the Bedore divorce that I'm sure all of you nosy people like myself would love to know. I'm reading Caroline Manzo's book right now. It's taking forever because it's not a real page turner, but I am finding really good little nuggets kind of tucked in there that I do want to recap and share with you all. So I'm just kind of trudging through it. Hopefully I can get done with it quickly. And I really just also want to do some research and I really want to find out more about uh, her husband, Albie's father, who I believe also was Albie and his tragic and mysterious death. He passed away on Caroline's birthday and he was just found in the trunk, dead, murdered in the trunk of a car. I mean, that is just 
not what happens to your normal average run-of-the-mill guy who just runs a catering company because her his father owned the brownstone and then that's how he inherited the brownstone from his father I really want to learn more about that because it makes me think about Kim D from Posh and her uh, car being found burned up with two bodies in the trunk. And she had had her son driving her car, was borrowing her car. And it wasn't her son in the trunk, thankfully for her, but it was like two other people. So I need to... Anyway, I cannot wait to watch Real Housewives of New Jersey tonight. I'm absolutely loving New Jersey this season. I think it's really good. I think the cast right now is great. New Jersey is just so much better than Orange County, in my opinion. Have a great week, and thank you guys so much for listening. Bye-bye.